0: Do you know how to get rid of pressure? What what creates pressure? Input with no output. You're taking more in than you're letting out. Pressure can come from lots of ways, but oftentimes in the church, it comes from you getting things from God, but never releasing things from God. And that's why every one of us has to have an outlet, because God flows. God doesn't just feel, God flows. He feels to perform something. is doesn't just fill us to fill us. He fills us for the flow to take place. Until we're filled, we can't flow. There is no overflow until there's an infilling. But the purpose of the infilling is so that it will get beyond us just stay in us so the only way for you and I to release the pressure is to give is to open up is to open up to give, to pour out to find someone to bless a lot of you have pressure because you refuse to do the will of God, you're afraid and you have so much coming in but you never give out you're miserable because you feel all this burden and all this but you never give out but don't be afraid don't be afraid Release that pressure. Release it out in Jesus' name. Don't carry that. Thank you, Lord. All right, so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 10. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. I'm so glad you're all here. I'm going to kind of do what I did Wednesday night because I enjoyed it so much and because I felt a release from the Lord today to take a few minutes and talk about the end time. There'll be nothing easy about the end time. There'll be nothing easy about the end time. Nothing at all. And we want things to be easy, but it will not be easy. But it will be an amazing, powerful time in the end time. Matthew chapter 10 gives us the context of a story of Jesus sending His disciples. He calls them disciples. He calls them apostles. And He is sending them out. And this is the first time we find the people of God, the followers of God, getting out there to the streets dealing with persecution. And we see how He taught them. We see uh, the power He gave them. And I want to take time, I felt today, in the Spirit to talk about this because our church is on the edge of getting out of the walls of this church. And our church is on the edge of getting out there among this world because the world is crying for help. The world is moaning and groaning for help. And we know we've got the answers. And we know we're feeling the call And so I think today this is why the Lord wanted us to take Matthew 10. And this is just a great chapter. When you kind of get down and you got frustrated, this is a great chapter for you to read through slowly. I'm going to try to hit some highlights. We're going to study it together. And then we've already got someone wanting to be baptized today in Jesus' name at the end of service. So when I'm done here, we'll have musicians and everybody come back up. We'll worship. We'll baptize. Someone else may want to get baptized today. In Jesus' name. By the way, let me give you a quick a quick announcement from yesterday. I had good reports on yesterday. A great crowd went to Oasis, loving Oasis, right here in Austin. Our church was there. Uh, Many others came out. There were great testimonies. A quick testimony is is we had a family member of a a daughter of a mother that was there, if I know it right, that Brother Chris ministered in the service, and she testified and said, what that man preached was what I was wondering and dealing with on the way there, that God had given her a word. This is how it's going to work, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it's going to work. And it was a great time. I heard great reports from it. And uh, this is what we're going to keep doing every Saturday, every Saturday. We're going to keep doing it. And even next Saturday, uh, Brother Brandon's going to be ministering. And so we're going to keep rolling out doing this. If you want to go to there, go to there. Let's keep it going every week and be on your team. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, let me start there. When he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power because he will not send us out without power. He gave them power. Now, for clarity's sake, this Greek word is not the, same, not the same Greek word as he gave them power with the Holy Ghost because they had not yet received the Holy Ghost. So what he gave them, he gave him a power like he gave Samson in the Old Testament. He put the authority on them to be able to perform supernatural abilities. This Greek word is exousia, if I'm saying it correctly. This Greek word here means he gave them authority. Later, we find out when we receive the Holy Ghost, after they went to the upper room, they received dynamite power. They received a different kind of power, and that's an explosive power that shifts and changes things. But this power that he gave them was the power to go out and, and have power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And the first thing the Lord did with his disciples with his followers, that's what that word means. His students, that's what that word means. Student. Anybody a student today? Yeah. We are the disciples of Jesus, we're students, we're learning from him. The first thing that he did was he said, I'm giving you power. I'm not going to send you out there without power. And when you've got that power, there should be no fear. You know what to go do. Now, the Bible tells us the reason why he sent them out over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease, the Bible tells us so that they would have faith that these were the people of God. The foundation of people believing in the church is us going to them and us serving them. Helping them with their most basic needs, the diseases in their bodies, the sicknesses that are messing with them, and even the spirits attacking them. The first thing he wants us to do is to go into the people to leave our comfort zone and to go with authority without fear and declare the name of Jesus so that people can know that we are the people of God. We're the people of the name so that when we begin to preach the gospel to them, they will turn to Jesus Christ. Let me make sure we understand. They did not first go and preach. This is why I told you earlier, don't go to Thanksgiving and preach. Yeah. And if you're going to pray over the turkey, don't take ten minutes. It's getting cold. Yeah. Verses 2 through 4, he names the twelve apostles. I won't do that. But I do want to point out in verse 4, let's at least mention verse 4, that Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, was one of the ones who received the power. It is possible for you to have a bad intention. It is possible for you to go the wrong way and God give you authority. This might answer some questions as to why there's been people that could cast out a devil one minute and be moved by him the next. Because listen, y'all, this was not the Holy Ghost power. It's a different Greek word. I hope that helps you. See, isn't it fun to study the Word of God? Verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter the city of Samaritans because it wasn't time for that yet. First, go to the lost sheep of Israel, verse 6, verse 7, and as you go preach now you can start your preaching you can start to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand you can heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out demons this is how you preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand not just with your words but through your service raising the dead casting out the demons this is what we're called to be thank you lord Freely you have received, freely give, Neither provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money. Don't even worry about how you're going to be provided for when you go out and begin this journey, this missionary work. Uh, Don't worry about a bag for your journey. You don't need uh, two tunics, uh, coats, or sandals, or two extra packs uh, or staffs uh, for a worker is worthy of his food. Don't worry about what you're going to need on the journey. Fear not. Don't go through all the worst case scenarios when you get out there in the world and say, what if I don't have enough? Don't worry. Just go. Go in the name of Jesus. Just go with faith. Just go. Stop trying to be so logical. Jacob. look if we wait to, to figure it all out we'll never go if we wait to pack our bags we'll never have enough staff uh, enough sandals uh, enough jackets for the journey we've just got to go by faith uh, and let it all just work out uh, we think so much about it and we don't go look at what he's trying to tell us he's trying to tell us stop stressing stop worrying about it just go in the name of Jesus he says in verse eleven, "Whatever city or town you go into, ask who's in it that's worthy." That means who who here is wanting, is hungry, is wanting this. Who who wants this message? Who wants the healing? Who wants to be delivered? Because you can't make anybody do it. Ask who wants it. Uh, sometimes, as Christian folks, we just we shove everything down their throat. You cannot force feed the world. As much as we hate it, if they don't want it, you can't help them. If they don't want it, you don't need to worry about it one bit. You're going to find that this is a stress-free ministry. We stress out, y'all. We can't save anybody. We plant others' water, but God gives the increase. We cannot give increase. We cannot make anybody do anything, but we can go, and we can love them, and we can preach Jesus, and we can pray for them, and if they want to go out of there and go sin, that's between them and God. We've got to go. We've got to love somebody. We've got to get out there out of our comfort zones, let them do what they want, but we've got to go. Hey, look, we're all going to answer to God they're going to answer to God for what they do with our ministry. We're going to answer to God if we go or not. We're saved by obedience. This this is not a this is not a question. This is a command. He said you must go. Now, now we are we are not the disciples in this story and we don't do it just like they did back in those days, but we draw inspiration from this. We are the body of Christ. We are the disciples of 2022. We are the church that's called and mandated to go out and to reach the world. We are, we are paying attention today to this reference because this is to every one of us. And when you go into a household, greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. What you have, the gift you have, what you have brought cannot stay if they don't want it to stay. So don't get mad, just take it back. You don't want it and go to somebody else. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, just go ahead and shake off the dust from your feet and don't let it get you down. But God, we could do more. No, do not feel guilty. No, if you let that spirit of guilt get a hold of you, you won't go to the next town. Do not carry the dust from a bad experience to a people that are broken in the next town. They deserve your best ministry. They deserve you free. They deserve you washed from it. They deserve you not holding on to grudges because the last town cussed them out and the last town threw, threw eggs at them. you got to leave that in the last town and keep going to the next place, the next family member, the next job, the next loved one, you've got to just wash yourself of all that and keep preaching. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get mad. Somebody says no, the next can say yes. You said yes. You said yes. Then they can say yes. It took you 10 years to get right. It might take them 10 years to get right. Don't get frustrated in the last days. Everybody say stress-free ministry. It is not up to us to make them change. It is up to us to go. It is up to us to put gas in the tank and drive to the location and to preach Jesus. Lay hands on the sick. Declare faith. That's our job and God gives the increase. Look, you got to stop stressing. You got to stop worrying about it. I can't make any of you change today. I don't I'm not worrying about it. You know what I'm worried about? God, let me have your heart while I'm preaching. God, let me be right with you when I'm preaching. Let me have the right spirit while I'm I can't make them do a thing, but I can stay open to you. I can have faith for them. I cannot get bitter against the people that never listen to me. I can just have a love for God. We have got to leave the experiences of the past behind us so we can go forward to the next. I really feel that today in the Holy Ghost for somebody. Your ministry is being held back because you think that the next will be like this. Some of y'all today need to have a good good foot dusting service where you say, I'm letting all that stuff back there stay back there. I refuse to carry their problems into that future. I refuse to do that to the next loved one I meet. I can't be that way. I've got to let them just say that's them, but maybe not the next. Come on, hair hair in one meal doesn't mean hair in the next. I I I quit Wendy's, but I still go to Chick-fil-A. And if they, if they do me like Wendy's did me, I'm going to be done with Chick-fil-A. I'm gonna, but I'm going to keep going to the next. I'm going to dust off my fries. I'm going to dust off my burger. And I'm going to the next location. I'm not going to call them all the same because of a bad experience. I've got to have faith, even if somebody said no, that the next will say yes. Help us, God. Help us not to take everything so personal. Look, it's not your fault if you go love somebody. It's their fault for not wanting it. Oh, I didn't do it right. I didn't say it right. I, I, I should have prayed more. Oh, I'm a failure. If, if that's just how we judge success, then Jesus was a failure. He was not a failure. We're the failures. He's perfect in love, perfect in service, perfect in ministry, perfect with every word he says. We're the ones that are broken. We've got to go. We've got to go. Because, look, this is a big deal for this this place that ignores the ministry. Matthew 10 and 15, assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than, that, than for that city that rejects that. Now, I just felt to add this in. I don't have notes today. I'm doing this study through with my app here on the Bible study. So if I wanted to change or look something up live, I could. But I just, I just felt something there when I was talking about this subject. Let's all pray in the name of Jesus right now. Lord, help us. Thank you, Lord. God, let us focus right now on the Spirit. Let us follow the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We want to say it just right. We want to do your will. God, I want you to direct my mind, direct us all on the same path. You've got a plan for the kingdom in the last days. It will not be easy. God, prepare us for the last days. It will not be easy. Get us ready in the last days. It will not be easy. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It is not our fault. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. Jesus help us. They did not go preach holiness when they first showed up. They did not preach against sin. They did say repent. But how do you know what all is wrong and right until you've had Bible study? How does someone repent if they don't know what's wrong yet? The first thing they did was they said, can I help you with the spirit that's attacking you? Are you sick? Can I pray for you? The kingdom of the Lord is here. Jesus is here. The kingdom of heaven is now. Look at the story. This is how you go in. Maybe there would be more doors opened if we would go in like that. You know, that's exactly what we're doing right now at Lakeside Apartment. What we're doing at Oasis is we're not going in there saying, you bunch of sinners. The other day, I had to preach there, and, and the, the, one of my favorite childhood movies was on the TV behind, behind them. It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, live the live movie. And it brought back such a lust for movies. While I was preaching, I had to resist it the entire time. This is playing in the background while I'm trying to have a move of the Holy Ghost. And we didn't know if we could turn it off or whatever. Now we realize we, we can. But, but these people, these people, I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Why do you have all this stuff on, I'm trying to preach, you know, th- th- just let it play. Let, let, them, let them play. They don't even know if they can trust us yet. Going to turn off TVs, bless God. I'm just like, let it ride. I needed to conquer that battle anyway. Maybe it was just for me. I hadn't seen that in a minute. There, there are so many things that we feel like we need to deal with, but they're not the root. When people fall in love with God, they'll do anything for God. They'll do anything for God. Verse 16, behold, I send you out. Are you ready? The end times won't be easy. Here we go. I will send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. How many of y'all feel like that? Yeah. Therefore, be wise as serpents, but also harmless. Yeah. You hear me, Texas? You hear me, bunch of gun-toting Texans? Wise as serpents, harmless. We are not a threat. You should not be afraid of the church. How are we going to reach people, love people, and get in the doors of Austin and bless if they're scared of us? Our language, our spirit, our attitude, we've got to use wisdom to reach this world. Look, watch this. You can't violently create a revival. What are we doing? We're harmless. We're sheep. In the midst of wolves? But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. Verse 18, you'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. Oh, it's not going to be easy in the end times. You're going to have to be led of the Spirit in the end times. Lord help the church to learn how to not have notes all the time but let the Spirit lead us because there's not enough notes, there's not enough preparation. You can't pack enough in your bag to reach the world because you're just going to have to learn to fly and just learn to flow and learn to go. You'll never have everything perfect but we still have to go. You don't have to have a speech ready or a message ready. You just got to know how to hear from God in the last days. It won't be easy. Learn how to pray. Learn how to hear from God now the reason I'm preaching this is because everybody's looking for an easy church oh I feel it, I feel it from people I'm looking for an easy church why are you looking for an easy church when the end times won't be easy people aren't easy to work with people are difficult why are we looking for soft and comfortable? We're not going to be ready for the end time that's being prophesied over us if we run with easy. I was, I was praying down here, worshiping the Lord, and, and I said, Lord... I'm sorry, we're not a perfect church. I wish, I wish we could be better. I wish We're not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect pastor. God and I just was humble before the Lord. And the Lord said, you know what, you're right. Your church is not perfect. You're not perfect, but you're no quitter. And he said, your church is no quitter. And so I just want to tell you what I felt in the Holy Ghost today. We may not be perfect at AFC, but we're no quitters. We don't give up. We don't run from trouble. We stay, we deal with it, uh, we have prayer meetings, uh, we fast, uh, and we fix it uh, because we may not be perfect, but we're faithful. Jesus said, Peter, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail, not that you would not fail, but that your faith would not fail because we will fail. Our flesh is weak, uh, but the spirit is strong. I will tell you what's happening right here, special for us, uh, is God is causing this place, our people, to be strong and mighty for the last day revival. We're, we're not looking for easy because the end time won't be easy. I, I, I truly feel sorry for a lot of these big churches that never preach about stuff like this. They, they are going to be so blindsided. I don't want easy, I don't want easy, I don't want, somebody say, I don't want easy. Because they're going to deliver us up. But it's not going to be us that speaks, verse 20, but the Spirit of our Father who speaks through us. All I can say is start right now. Look, look, learn to speak through the Spirit before you stand before the kings. Because you ain't never felt pressure like that. Let's learn right now how to talk to our brother in the Spirit who doesn't want to kill us. Bless you, sister. Let's learn right now what to say, how to say it as the Spirit leads us right now because the end times won't be easy. You think it's tough now? I just don't know what to say. Just wait. I just can't find the words. It's hard for me to pray out loud at church. Just wait. Y'all, we we gotta stir this thing up. We gotta be a strong church. The end time will not be easy. We gotta get we gotta get some strength about us. Help us, Lord. I love Matthew ten. Let's keep going here. Verse twenty one. Now your brother will deliver you up, brother, to death. And a father his child. A children will rise up against their own parents and cause them to be put to death. The the end times are not easy. All this my family is first stuff might come back to bite you. I'll do anything for my wife and my kids first before God. That's kind of, now that I'm reading this, I don't know if I want them first. Cuz that can change like that in the last days. And you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Right, pastor, I just don't like when, when somebody in the church don't like me. It's not even bad yet. If if you're mad about that, what you gonna do when they're trying to actually take us out? Not just take our pew or our church position. Lord, the Lord sent me today to talk to you about this because the end time won't be easy, and we I cannot, I cannot sugarcoat this, y'all. If I love you, I cannot sugarcoat this. If I care about you, I gotta warn you. Hey, we've let the liberal agenda shut down the mouth of the preacher right now and tell us that we can't talk like this anymore because we might offend somebody. No, we're going to talk like this. We're weak because we don't preach like this anymore. Our kids are weak. Our marriages are weak. Our faith is weak because we don't tell the truth anymore. Words are not as offensive as putting people in jail. That's offensive. Trying to kill somebody is kind of offensive. This is not offensive. Don't get mad at this. This is the end times and it won't be easy. But if you can just endure, you know the success of the end time church is just enduring it. You know, we're like, I don't know what I can do in the end times. Just enduring the end times is success. There are days I feel like I'm just praying to endure. There are days I feel like I'm just trying to stay alive. But let me tell you what's happening on the days I feel like I'm just trying to stay alive. I'm victorious every day I stay alive. Every day I stay with my head above water in this wicked world. I'm winning somewhere. I'm gaining territory. I'm defeating the spirits. Every day I endure, I'm winning because just to endure is a success. So stay in the fight. Don't quit. We will be saved. Verse 23 when they persecute you in this city, just go to another city. (laughs) So some of y'all are moving out of Austin. A lot of people are. Look, if they're gonna mess with you and they're done with you, just go down the road and do it again. And when they mess with you there, just go down the road, do it again, dust your feet off, just do it again. Don't get mad. It's nothing personal. Just move. There's this this idea among Americans, bless God, I ain't going nowhere. You know why God lets persecution happen to us? So that we can spread the gospel to the next town that's never heard it. Theologians believe that the first church in Jerusalem was having a hard time spreading the gospel so God allowed persecution to come in and that made them have to move out. And this is how the world this is how that current region of the world the gospel spread to all corners of the area because they kept persecuting them in their main city they had to get out and this is how God wants to move the church in the last days he wants to persecute us to the next place so somebody can hear the word of God we're so comfortable we never move but God's trying to get us out God's trying to get us out he's trying to stir us he's using persecution to stir us hey don't get mad at persecution use it use it Okay, my time's up. I guess it's time for me to go down here and preach to this city. Verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Verse 25, it is enough for a disciple that that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master, that's me, Jesus. If they have called me of the house of Beelzebub, which is demonic, how much more will they call those of his household. You know, the the chief of police, you might get a little angry at him, but the new rookie that just got on the crew, he's the one you really go off on. Ain't nobody going to talk to the chief of police that way because he's the chief. But what he's saying here is if they've talked to the chief the way they talk to me, well, they're going to have their way with some of y'all. It will not be easy in the end times. They will treat us this way. And you've got to get ready for it. We have to be prepared. Now, here's the part I feel will minister to us the most. Matthew 10, 26. Therefore, do not fear them. Do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed. And hidden that will not be known. But say exposure. And this is the very reason why they don't like us. Because we are the people of revelation. And this is the reason why people in church don't like us. Because we're the people of revelation. People say, I can't be around them because they what? They reveal what you're doing. That's the truth and you know it is. This is why we're tempted to get away from anybody who talks straight to us because they reveal the darkness in us and we don't want that. We're looking for ministry and people and friends that never challenge us. We're looking for a church that never digs it up. We're running from this. We can't stand it because people who who love the dark, they hate the light. They hate preachers that preach like this. They hate people that dig in. They hate the revelation. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak it in the light. Now, this this scripture spoke to me, church family. Whatever I tell you in the dark, anybody feel like you're in the dark? Anybody feel like you're in the dark? I want to be honest right now. Guess what God wants to do in the dark. He wants to speak to us in the dark. Right now, I'm preaching to you from things I've received in my darkness. My ministry that's public and the light is born in seasons of darkness. What I am giving to you I've gotten at the lowest moments where I had to have a word from God. In the darkest places, God wants to use the darkness to create a revival for light. And you're saying it's dark, and you're saying I'm hurting, and you're saying I'm lonely, and you're saying, God, what are you doing? But listen to Him, because in the darkness, God will give you a word for the light. God will give you a word for the world. Fear not the darkness. God speaks in the darkness. God's making ministers out of you right now in Jesus' name. You're hurting and you're broken and it's dark and God's trying to pull out a preacher. He's trying to pull out somebody not afraid anymore. He's trying to burst somebody that will go and will preach and it's in the darkness that God speaks. It's when all the lights are turned out when God speaks. It's when everything's quiet that God speaks. When I read that, the Lord just, just leaped that out to me and said, yeah, it's in the dark that I tell you things. And what I do with you in the dark, I want you to get out there and shine it in the light. Thank you, Lord. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul. I'm going to kill y'all, not afraid. I respect the Lord over you. I respect the one who can destroy both the soul and the body. I destroy the one who has power over my eternity. I do not fear anybody who has power over the temporal. I only respect and honor and fear though, the, the one God that is over my eternity. He's the only one I worry about that thinks about me. I'm not worried about you and what you can do to me. I'm, I just know that my God has my back. Watch it. Verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's wheel, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Therefore, dude, not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Just go! Go with faith. Go! Preach! Love! Serve! Don't worry about what happens. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help us get rid of our fear. That's that's all it is. It's fear. You know what I found out recently with our church is is what's scary is when you go to people that aren't hungry. That's the only thing I'm not scared of. But I am not afraid one bit when I walk into a nursing home facility, everybody's sitting there with tears in their eyes. Saying, somebody pray for me, love me, somebody give me a word. I'm not afraid. The problem with the church is we have not gone to the people that really want the gospel. We spend our time looking for rich folks or folks with no problems, and they're looking at us like we're crazy. But if we'll go find someone broken, find somebody hurting, and go love on them, and go love on them, I'm telling you, there's no fear. There's no fear. You will find there's no fear, no reason to be afraid. Whoever denies, therefore, whoever confesses, verse 32, me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, this is your public life. Whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. A part of our salvation is getting out there, standing up and saying, He is my God. Jesus is my God. Jesus is the only God. Jesus is the only God. At the risk of what they'll take or other persecution, the world needs to see we're willing to die for it. Yeah, yeah, God is so good, but I will never risk anything. I give my life to Him in private, but never in public. I don't want to take a chance on it costing me anything. No wonder we can't reach this world. There are people out there willing to give their life over political issues. They would give their life for political things, things that don't really matter in the scheme of things. And here we are, the church, saying, I don't know. I don't know if we should go out there. No, this is a part of our salvation. You've got to conquer the fear of people. You've got to conquer the fear of people. The fear of people is an indictment on your salvation because we cannot be saved if we're afraid. We cannot be saved if we're afraid of public profession, of Jesus is Lord. That confidence causes people to rush into the kingdom. They will give their lives if we're willing to give our lives, and that's what's happening right now in the Spirit all over the world. God is calling His people to get out and speak and preach like never before. I close with this, Matthew 10, 34, Do not think that I am come to bring peace on the earth. One of the most controversial scriptures I've ever read. Because you know, think of Christmas time. What did the angels say? Ah, peace on earth, good will to men. That's how the little kids do it. Wait a minute. Jesus did not come to bring peace, but bring a sword. Do, do you know how to create peace? The sword? I I can prove it to you. You got cancer on your face, they get a knife. And they take that knife to give you peace, and they cut it off. And now you got peace. Until they cut it off with the sword, you're scared you're going to die. But as soon as that sword comes out, you go, whew, we're going to be all right. They got peace coming. They're going to cut this thing out of my life, and I'm going to be just fine. We don't understand that the way to create peace is through the sword. Listen, this is how it works. You have to learn to cut things out to have peace. Cut things out to have peace. Cut things away that are killing you to have peace. Cut things away. Cut away. And this is why he goes to the next one and says, look, verse 35, for I I have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Y'all can say amen to this one. Look, y'all say amen now and just smile at them this week, but right now, they are not around them. Just say amen. Watch, some of y'all are thinking he wants us to go take a sword to Thanksgiving and just... No, that's, that's watch the context. Finish the Bible, okay? Finish the Bible. Read everything. Hear everything. Matthew 10, 37, for he who loves his father or mother more. More. I'm supposed to love my parents and my siblings and my, my family. I'm supposed to love them, but I'm never supposed to love them. If it comes down to it, and I've got to cut God off or cut them off, I will cut them off. My own flesh and blood. Y'all, this is powerful right now. It hasn't been preached about because we're all about the family. That's an excuse to go to ball games on Sunday. We have used the family card for far too long. I am God first, and if everybody in my household's against it, then you're just going to have to be against it because He did not come to bring peace in my home. He come to bring peace between my heart and His heart. He came and said peace on earth, and the only way to have peace is if I submit and bow my knee to Him, my King of kings. I don't get peace through compromise. I get peace through devotion. Some of you are saying, I try to work it out with my family. I try to work with my family. I just don't feel peace. That's because you're looking for your, your help in all the wrong places. Your peace comes from your walk with God. There'll never be peace in your house if you're not right with God. Anything stopping you from walking with God, pull the sword out. Cut it off. Because the only hope you'll ever save your family is if you can give them up for a season. Sister Marissa, am I right? Sometimes you just got to say, I got to do this for me. I got to do this for me. I'm sorry you're dragging me down. I'm sorry you're pulling me away. I love you, but I'm first called to God. I don't have peace. I need my peace. How can you serve your family and love the world if you don't have peace? We, we got to get to a place, thank you Jesus We got to get to a place where everything is free Where the fear is gone So that we can truly get out in this world and love people But we're so attached to them You cannot love the world more than you love God And that's what's wrong with a lot of churches Is they think that they can love their family and their friends And they can love the world more than they love God And that's why they compromise their holiness To They say reach a world You cannot compromise holiness to reach a world. You cannot compromise devotion. You're not going to reach the world when you get there. Because it's only going to be you disconnected from God. It won't be easy in the last days. Let's lift our hands. The Lord is already talking to us. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is warning us right now so we're not caught off guard. The Lord is trying to speak to us right now because He does not want us caught off guard. He does not want us to be caught off guard. The Lord gives us prophecy and He warns us so that we can make sure that we are prepared because there's no way to save our loved ones in the world unless we're willing to dust off some feet and cut off some people. If we can't put God first, we won't make it in the last days. The world has no hope if they bring us down. Don't worry about who's praying. Worry about what you're doing right now. I'm thankful that people know how to lift up their voice and crowd to God during the man of God's preaching. I'm thankful that people are sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to be ready for the last days. You've got to say, you know what? You ain't taking me down. You ain't taking me out. I love you, but I, I'm a God first. I know I'm married to you. I know, I know we've got this, but I've got to put God first. The only hope for your marriage is if you seek the Lord first. The only hope for your lost kids is to seek the Lord first. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the last days, you're building a strong church, God. You can start playing. It's all right. We're about to to worship the Lord. We're about to open up our hearts. Come on, I feel so strongly, Austin First Church, that God is doing something very special here. Very special here. In these last days, God is trying to build a resistance of muscle. He's trying to increase our authority and power, and we feel like we're losing. I'm going to tell you what you're losing. You're losing the dust off the old town. You're losing connections that were bringing you down. You're losing things, but it's also that you can go save more. God is not trying to destroy our families. He's trying to get us right with Him so we can save our families. We have let these powers control us far too long. We've let our past control us. We've let our experiences control us. We've let our loved ones control us. Instead of being led by the Spirit... God wants us to be a strong, mighty church because this world is crying for help. Our families at Thanksgiving are crying for help. They're desperate for change. But we've got to love God more than we love anybody else so that we can save these people. We can help these people. God's not saying divorce. God's not saying never hang out with them. God is saying, don't you ever love anybody more than me. Choose me over them. Please me over them. And I will use you. And I will send you. And I will take away your fear. And I will help you win your family. God's plan for us is to restore. His plan for us is to take all of our family to heaven with us. But not without a season of saying, I'm willing to give them up first. Ask Abraham what it's like to give your son on the altar. You have to first be willing to cut it out so that God can give it back to you the right way. Let's lift our hands and love Him today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not telling you this to make you scared. I'm telling you this to warn you that we've got to pray like never before. Fall in love with the Lord like never before. We've got to get serious like never before. Because the traditional ways we've lived for God have not worked. We have said, my family, my family, my family. No, we gotta say, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. If I can get right with God, if I can get rid of the dust of the last place I, it hurt me, if I can get rid of these things, I can be free and I can go again, love again, I can, I can minister again, I can speak again, I can go to Thanksgiving and love my family, but I've got to deal with some stuff today. I've got to deal with some things today, God. I've got to make sure I'm really ready for the last days. Uh, don't let us be caught off guard, Jesus. Uh, don't let us be caught off guard, God. The whole purpose of ministry is for revelation, for protection, God, because you love You're trying to make sure that we are first yours uh, to seek you, God, with all of our heart, uh, our mind, our soul, our strength. Uh, God, I am willing to give up anything for you so that you can use me, God, so your love can can flow through me, God. I can't help family if I don't have a walk with God that's healthy. I can't help my spouse if I don't have a walk with God that's healthy. The times that my wife has been most upset at me is whenever my walk with God was not healthy. If I could get my walk with God right, then my wife would be much more blessed. My kids are more blessed. But I've got to sometimes stop looking at them and look at the past and say, looking to you, Jesus, I'm all yours, God. Do what you want with me, God. Here's my cross, God. I'm going to carry this cross. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. While they're getting ready for the baptismal service, uh, I want us right now to take some time. The altars are open. Prayer time is now. Openness is now. Anyone who wants to get ready for the last days, uh, the last days, uh, nothing, nothing about them will be easy. If you're a guest today, I invite you to come down here and get ready because you can tell, even the guests can tell that we're living in the last days. Uh, Government is not the option. Money is not the option. The option is the church. The option is the power of God. Families aren't enough for me. People aren't enough for me. But Jesus is always enough for me. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you, worship team, for coming up. Let's begin to sing and worship the Lord. Let's begin to worship the Lord today before we leave. Oh, God, talk to us, Lord. Oh, God, talk to us. Come on, God's going to test us and challenge us today. What are we willing to give up for Him? Take away fear. Take away fear. Take away fear. fear. Deliver us from fear. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not not the consequences, the threats. Fear not how they'll treat you, how they'll kick you out, how they'll ridicule you. Fear not. Stand strong. Fear not.